Yeah. Y'all ready for this? Faith vibes only. Let's go. <laughs> Whatever it is that you wanna be, you can get there. But don't speak what you see. You gotta walk by faith and not by sight. Just keep on moving to that light. God is with you, with you through it all. He's never too busy to answer your call. When negativity tries to come your way, just open your mouth and say, Faith, bye. Only faith only oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Faith by Only Show. I am John Brittany the Second. Thank you all so much for tuning in on tonight here at Bethlehem Temple Church. Thank you for sharing and liking and everything. You can be doing that now. And again, thank you for tuning in. We are here, we are excited, because we have the PK panel on tonight. We're going to dive into some things, and we're going to start answering some questions. We're going to have some topics and stuff first we're going to discuss. So if you have a question, if you have a comment or anything like that, comment them below, and someone will see it, and then we'll try to get to your question at the end of the show. Again, thank you for your time, and thank you for being with us on tonight. All right, Pat, cue the music. We're going to introduce our guests. And thank you to Bishop John and Co-Pastor Veronica Brinkley for allowing us to use the sanctuary on tonight. All right, let's get ready to introduce our guests. First up, we have a big personality that's always going to have something to say. Jessica Brinkley Allen. Give her a hand if you're at home. We'll be sitting out here right now. Miss Maya Howard, another big personality. Hey, then we have the great minister, the man of God, Omar Smith. Give him a hand Then, last but not least, is the psalmist herself, Sharanda Brinkley. Give her a hand. We're going to hear some more music in a little bit, but first, before we get started, and before we start getting into the conversation and everything, everybody see the live on their phone, have everybody shared the live? Do we look good on the live? We look good. All right. <laughs> now we're going to play a little game, and the name of the game is Getting to Know. I always play this when I interview people, and it's just ask simple questions to see, getting to know. Now we won't play this game. And we got the chatter boxes on the end, Maya and Jessica. Answer fast <laughs> and don't be taken all day. It's really, it's, it's called getting to know, but you have to say it fast so that the game can keep going. So make sure you have your mic up to your microphone, up to your microphone, up to your mouth, so that the um, answers can be answered faster. And here we go. Cue the music, baby. Thank you. First question. How long have you been a pastor's kid, Jessica? A pastor's kid? I think, I don't know. 20 years. Maya. 25. Omar. 42 years. Woo! 12. All right. How, um, name your church and your parents and pastor's names. Bethany Temple, Pastor Brad, Joe and Veronica Brad. All right. Methodonia Missionary Baptist Church. Pastor Howard. All right. Oh, Baptist Church. Uh, Brother uh, James Smith. Hey, Thompson. Yes. Bethlehem Temple House of Bread. This is John Brinkley and Co-Pastor Walker. All right. Now let's get into it. What is your favorite holiday dish? Collard greens. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese. Cheese. Macaroni cheese. Okay. <laughs> well, favorite gospel song? Mercy. Every praise to my God. <laughs> Okay. 
next question. Favorite thing to do in your spare time? Jessica. Nothing. Maya. Shaw. Okay. Music. Read. Okay. Favorite season, like winter, spring, summer, fall, or? Fall. Okay. Fall. Winter. Spring. Okay. Um, favorite season, we said. Favorite vacation spot, Jessica. Hilton Head. Omar. Just in the beach. In the beach. Maya. The Bahamas. Oh, wow. Try to be bougie. Yeah. Florida. Florida. Okay. Favorite color, Sharanda. Pink. Omar. Red. Jessica. Yellow. Maya. Purple. Okay. TV show. Favorite TV show, Maya. BMF. Okay, I think I've heard that. Just a good. <laughs> Snap. No, it's Omar. House. How? Oh, that's Swat. Swat. Okay. Last question. And think good and long about it. Favorite Bible verse, Omar. Just the real. I can do all things. That's good. Yeah, that's Maya. Good. Honey, um, I was trying to Google one real fast, but why just speak one verse? Because love them all. <laughs> so you have a favorite. Sharanda. Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. What does that say? All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. All right. That's good. Thank you, Peggy, for the music. Give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. All right. Now let's get into the conversation. Again, if you have any um, questions or anything like that, you can comment them in the live. I'm going to be looking at the live right here. If y'all see me looking down, that's what I'm doing on the live. We got 21 people watching that. A lot of people want to be nosy to see what we're going to say. Y'all ain't going to catch us in nothing tonight. <laughs> I know y'all want to see. We're going to behave tonight. All right. Let's get into it. We know as... Um, First, let's discuss about being a preacher's kid and being a pastor's kid, because there is a difference. Uh, a preacher's kid is obviously to be an evangelist, your parents to be an evangelist or a minister. And then we know, too, as a pastor's kid, your parent is actually a pastor. So let's talk about the differences in that and how... Um, how that could differ, like what responsibilities would you say differ between being a preacher kid and a pastor's kid? Uh, um, being a preacher's kid, um, it wasn't as much responsibility, I'll say. Um, when mom and dad, or when dad was just a minister, um, we was at church, but not as often. Um, we didn't have as many as responsibilities, I believe, and I don't, I didn't feel as much weight as I do now as by the men pastors. When they, when they transitioned, it was a, I, I don't want to call it a weight, but I felt the weight. Um, I can only imagine what they feel, because I know I'm not even a portion of what they have to carry, but it's definitely a huge difference. Okay, a huge difference. Omar, what would you say? You're the veteran of the group. You said you've been a pastor's kid for 42 years. So what would you say is the difference uh, as far as responsibilities and so on? Um, well, I couldn't even speak to, because uh, ever since um, I've always been a pastor's kid. Um, but what I can say is as I've grown uh, older and more mature, um, I've recognized the need for helping and being there for my parents more because I recognize that weight of, of being, being a pastor. Maya. Um, like Mr. Omar said, I've always, I mean, I've grown up being a preacher's kid. But like, like Justin said, it's, you can feel the weight when being a PK because it's just like, you don't want to, I'm young, I'm 25 years old. So it's, you know, some young people don't want to participate in church. Mm -hmm. But then being like a PK, it's just like, you don't want to sit down and give, just sit down in church because you know, and that's another thing, like you said, because sometimes it's being a PK. Some people feel like you are obligated yeah. to serve in the church. You're obligated to uh, 
serve in any capacity. So, Sister Sharanda, what do you have to say to that? Do you feel like you are obligated? Y'all jumping in my left, jump the hell on my way. Do you feel like you are obligated to serve in the church? Because one thing about all of us here on tonight, we all serve in our parents' churches. We all go there. We know a lot of pastor's kids don't do that. They'll leave their parents' church and do whatever. So, like, what do you feel? Do you feel like you're obligated to be at your parents' church because they're pastors? Or do you do it by obligation? Or do you do it because you feel that's um, the church of the pastor is where you're supposed to be? In the beginning, it was by obligation. Because I felt like because those are my parents that I needed to sit underneath their leadership. Leadership, because people make you feel like if you leave, then it's, then it's wrong. Because, oh, don't your mom and daddy have a church? Why don't you go there? But... When I got older and I realized that there ain't nobody out there that's gonna, that I know is gonna preach the truth as much as what your coverings and your parents are preaching, then it became not obligation anymore. It became because this is where I wanna be. I wanna be underneath the covering of the people that I've watched. Is when I was younger, I watched my parents. They read the Bible and they live the Bible. And it's a lot to, to see them go through what they go through, but I know my parents at church and at home. So they're the same way that they are at church and they are at home. When you want to need somebody else's covering, they could be having a mask and be one way at church and a different way at the house. Um, so it started out as an obligation, but now it's something that I do because this is where I want to be. That's good. And for you, Omar, you've been, um, like you said, a pastor's kid for 42 years. And so, you could have easily left your father's church at any time. So what, what was the reason why you stayed? And why also, why do you feel like some um, preacher's kids or pastor's kids leave their family um, church or their pastors went to their parents' church? Um, I can speak to the fact that why I uh, definitely stayed, um, even moving away for a little while, um, which was just up the street in Charlotte, um, and my job would get out uh, later than where I could actually get the Bible studies and stuff like that. So I found other trusted uh, places where I could go to Bible studies because since I couldn't make it back to my home church. And um, I really loved them. You know, I, I really wanted to be there. But um, after praying about it, you know, God was really speaking to me about I'm not showing you these places and having you there to actually leave and be a part of them. I'm actually showing you these places so you can be able to bring back what you've learned and what you've obtained from these places. Uh, so um, I'm just like, like you said, I mean, uh, my parents, I watched them throughout the whole entire life, no matter what the situation was. Uh, I've seen a lot of situations. They've been consistent. And because of that consistency and because of uh, me seeing what they preach and what they teach and at the same time uh, what they live, you know, um, I was like, what better place to stay than, you know, somewhere where I know somebody's not being a hypocrite. That's good. And let's talk about pedestals. Let's give a hand for that. Y'all was going to clap. Let's talk about being put on a pedestal. Because like Minister Omar said, you know your parents, you love your parents. But at the same time, for everyone that is watching, um, Bishop John Brentley and Co-Pastor Veronica Brentley are the pastors. I am not. <laughs> now, I do have to live holy. I have to live righteous just like you have to. All right. So let's talk about pedestals. Oftentimes, PKs, we're talking about pastors' kids, are held to a higher standard um, than and the, the average child or even other children in the church. Then, and why is this? We know why, but obviously our pastors are the parents. But how do we deal with being put on the pedestal and being in the spotlight and people having so many high expectations for us, Sister Jessica? Um, being put on a pedestal. Social media. I see people talk all the time about being judged. and But those same people are so quick to, to judge preachers' children. They be the first people to say something. So with that whole pedestal thing, I just want, I always look at, this is how I, I live my life. I don't want nobody to look at me that way, so I don't look at them that way. So even though my, like I said, my mom, my dad, or that's what they, they chose that, you have to allow that person to live their own life. 
go their own way. Just like you want your child to do their own thing. Like you do your own thing. You don't want nobody putting you up on no pedestal that you, it's just unbelievable for you to reach. Not saying that one of us couldn't reach that. I know that I'm not. But I'm not saying that one of us, no, they couldn't be greater than their parents. But don't put that on. That is so hard, y'all. That is a, such a weight, such a pedal, uh, such, I mean, such a hard thing to put somebody through. Please don't do that. That's don't. a good point. And I feel like we all can speak to this. So, Mike, what do you have to say about that? How do you deal with being put in the spotlight and being put on a pedestal? Well, honestly, well, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> We've been put on a pedestal for so long, it's just, we've got used to it, but I, you have to live by example. That's you know, you know there are pastors, I'm so quick to say, my daddy preached, not me. Yeah. But you can't just be out here doing any and everything. That's it. You gotta realize, your daddy and your mama, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're good people, they're pastors, you can't just do what you wanna do. But you have to also live your truth as well. You know what I mean? You have to also live your life, because it's so quick to, be conformed to the church and not, and you get so wrapped up in the church, you don't even know who you are. That's it. So you really have to, me being young, I'm learning to live my life and also be a PK as well because it can be very easy to get, you know, distracted. That's it. But you gotta, you know, run it back. <laughs> That's funny. And I like what you said because we do have to live by example. We don't see the president's children, um, not our current because we know he's a lot older, but some of the previous presidents that had um, some younger children, they even the older presidents, their children conducted themselves in such a manner to that it represented their parents well. And so I'm sure you can speak to that, Brother Omar. 42 years in the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I echo the same thing. I mean, um, I look back and it's like, um, even thinking about that question, um, my oldest son was born when I was 17. Um, I wasn't I wasn't married. Um, and, and saying that, it's like, you know, you, um, for me, that was like a challenging time in life uh, because nobody really said it, but a lot of times you feel that, that spotlight in church. And it's like, you're supposed to be that uh, holier than thou one. You're supposed to be that perfect one. Uh, and I felt so ostracized at first. Uh, because of the looks and because of the way people uh, would treat you. Um, only to later find out that it was so many other people yeah. that had gone through that same situation. Say that again. Hey! Sometimes the people got titles. Right. Hello! And so, so. Well, for me, um, that, that whole pedestal uh, thing was. Um, like Mike was saying, as far as like representing, um, you know, you're growing up young and, you know, I didn't have my own car young and it's like, you know, you sit there, it's like you listen to what you listen to and then you realize like, oh, they're looking at me like that because I got uh, Romans 828 on the back of the car and I'm above the J.C., you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, you know, <laughs> and, but you don't realize that stuff until later on that you are an extension of them. And I hear uh, people say a lot of times, you know, uh, they chose to be. They didn't choose to be. God called them. They chose to say yes. And, and, and with that being said, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle on our parents as well sometimes uh, just to, to stay within that vein of uh, what they have to uh, endure. So, um, you know, like I said, I've chosen to because of that kind of pressure. Uh, things like this, they are good. Um, and also to use this, those platforms to um, help other young people while they're going through. Because, I mean, we know if we think real hard, we got other little young PKs that are growing up. They're going to go through a lot of the same things we go through and have been through. And, uh, yeah, we got to be a guidance for them as well. To let them know that, hey, you're still human. You're still an individual. You still have to hold a different light from other people. It's okay to be different. You know, but like you said, you're not a, you're not your, not the pastor. That's you know, that's pastor's kid. That's good, Minister Omar. Sharanda, how do you deal with being put on a pedestal? Because we know that um, you are on a pedestal as well. <laughs> I ain't gonna say what I 
what I wanted to say, girl. You know we love you, but this one here is our uh, hard rock in the hell. And how do you deal with being on that pedestal? A lot of people say I have a I don't care attitude. Um, but I don't let a lot of stuff move me. Um, a lot of stuff don't get on my nerves, don't bother me. Like, I just, I mean, it is what it is. Like, if you don't, if you put me on a pedestal, if you don't like what I do, that's your business. Um, I was just like, what Omar said, I was the one who went out and did a lot of stuff. I drink, um, I ran off to Florida, I got married, came back, um, did a whole lot of stuff. And a lot of people did talk about me, and they talked about my parents, they was like, how could they allow her to do stuff like this? And you know, she's a pastor kid, she shouldn't be doing stuff like that. But it's people that are deacon's kids and that are minister's kids, evangelist kids that are out here. They even, they just lay members that sit in the pews and they doing the same thing that I'm doing, but because my, my parents accepted the calling to you know, be over a church, it's wrong for me. But we all have to work out our own soul salvation. So. And even though I go through, and I still go through my stuff now, like I, I fight with, with cussing every single day. That is my weakness. I have a very bad weakness of cussing. And I have been praying and praying and asking God to help me with it. And I catch myself, because even at my job, people tell me, ain't your mom and daddy pastors? Yeah, but you know, you know God's still working on me, you know? But we have to, like Omar and Maya was saying, you just can't be out here doing any and everything because you're, your, it's not only just your pastor's name on the line, your church is on the line. Because people won't come to your church if they see how you act. Because they'll say, if they act like that, then I can only imagine what the church is. Like, you have to always remember that. And that's what I try to remember now that I've turned 30. Because in my 20s, I didn't care. But now that I've turned 30 years old, I realize that you don't have to just do everything because other people do it. Like, you have to set an example for yourself and stay in your own lane. That's a, that's a lot. And I like what you said, too. Your church is on the line. Your parents are on the line. And your God is on the line. So, like, back to Maya and what Omar was saying, yes, we are um, preachers' kids, and yes, we are held to a higher standard, but we're also held to God's standard. So if we're going to throw, if we throw away the pastor's key, if our parents was never pastors, if we want, if we want to go to heaven, we still got to live holy. So we have to make sure we keep that up at the forefront, no matter who is judging us. And then, like Brother um, Minister Omar was saying, with the young children, this is why talks like this are important on a big stage, and it's important if your parent run a revival. If you get a chance, run up to the um, pastor's kids and see how they're doing or exchange a number. Because we all know it can be rough. Because as a preacher kid, that's another thing too, I didn't get to write it down. But I love everybody on this panel because we're all from different aspects. Because Omar, like he said, he's been a pastor's kid for 42 years at the same church, correct? 42 years at the same church. And then Maya, your father was a, a traveling pastor at one time. And now he's been at Macedonia for how many years? Nine years. So see how different that is with brother, with uh, Minister Omar at the same church 42 years. Dealing with the same people for 42 years. Y'all. We gonna pray for you tonight. And then thinking about Sister Maya. She, it was probably hard for you to make friends and stuff because your father is going here and there, which is okay. Because that's what he was called to do. But then it's hard to make friends. So let's talk about this. This ain't even on the card. The Lord just gave it. Because me, just and Sharana as well. We are, we were at one time in the early part of pastoring a family church. We are that no longer. Um, because we are multicultural, multi-generational. We thank God for that. But it's just different lanes up here what we're talking about. So let's talk about making friends. How do you make, a, make friends as a pastor's kid? Because sometimes when you want to be friends with people, you can't really be a friend with them because you don't know if they want to be your friend. Do they just want to get the closest seat up at the front of the chair? Do they want to sit at the front of the bus on revival? Do they just want to look good? Or are they just trying to be around you so they can run and go, yeah, guess what Maya did last night? So 
speak to that, Sister Jessica. How do you make friends as a pastor's kid? You just the best thing for you to do is just go with the flow. Because one one day, like you said, they seem like they've been for you, and then you blink your eye, and then if they do something wrong, God forbid you tell them they've done something wrong. Then you a holy rose, and you think you know everything, and then they mad at you. So your best bet would be just to go with the flow. Man, that's good, Sister Jessica. We love everybody, and let's just give a chance to look at some of the people that are watching. We thank y'all for your time, everyone that is watching, and we thank God for um, y'all being here again um, tonight, because we know people are being blessed by the conversation. Let's dig deeper. How do we deal with negativity? Okay, yeah, I still got my contact, y'all. Pray for me. How do we deal with negativity in the church? Because we all know, let's be real, sometimes when, sometimes even if you're, you're, you love your parents as your pastors, but they're still your parents. And so sometimes when you see some people may make a face or they may say something, or your, your parent can be up there preaching their heart out and they whispering, I'm ready to go. How do you deal with that? Help me on tonight. How do we deal with that and still be, um, use our words, and season our words with salt, but take it and keep it moving, brother. Um, so, are you the you the better and help us out? Because I be struggling. <laughs> I love the Lord. He heard my cry. <laughs> Hear me on time. I've learned that, that um, when they're doing the work of God, God's going to take care of them. Yeah. So we don't have to fight those battles. And to stay focused on, uh, my focus more is like what their needs are, mm. you know, uh, in order to minister. Uh, and especially now fresh in the, into this this avenue of ministry, it's like uh, I knew it was, was rough, but I didn't know mm. <laughs> it was like that, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but just uh, I've always kind of, growing up, I was kind of been real kind of quiet and laid back and real observant. So it was a lot of times, you know, I would hear things and people didn't even know I was in the room, you know. Um, and then to go back and see those same people uh, shake my parents' hand and hug them around the neck, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm calling call them for prayers in the hospital or something after, you know, they just dog them out. But it goes back. <laughs> It goes back to, to what we were talking about before, like even just seeing that consistency of them continuing to love on God's people regardless. Um, and, and that's what we learn to do. You know, we have to keep on loving on people because, you know, one thing about it is we never know what people are going through. That's right. And people's circumstances, you know, uh, my dad always uh, uh, quotes all the time, that hurt people hurt people. And, and, you know, they want you to be in the same boat that they are in. Um, and they want you to be hurt because they're hurt, you know. So sometimes it's like you know they they talking about people and just you know snaring their nose up just because. Yes. Most of the time they don't even know why they let the devil use them, and then we allow the, uh, the devil to use them to distract us yes. when we get focused on them. So just trying to just stay uh, keep the focus off of them, keep it on God and and, and what our pastors uh, and pastors' wives' needs are, you know, our parents. That's good. That's good. Keep your eyes and focus on God and not on people. Because as again, as a pastor's kid, you have to do that because you get caught up with people. Sometimes you hear people saying stuff or and doing stuff behind the scenes, and then they be right in front of your parents' face mouth. And you be wanting to let them have it. But we have to use the spirit of love. And uh, Sister Maya, how do you deal with that? With negativity. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I've really got to a place now I have to be consistent in prayer because if you don't, it will take you there. And you don't want to get out of character, honestly. You really don't want to do that. But people can take you there, especially. It's, uh, it's different when your dad is a pastor, but at, at the same time, that's your daddy. Mm -hmm. That's your mama. And then, like you said, you smile in their face when you're talking about them. Need your prayers, like. Sometimes it's so easy to take it personal, but you gotta realize it's not even you, it's them. 
Okay, we have a comment someone just made. Somebody just pointed out to me. You want me to read? Um, Xavier Terrell Jr., we know you. We thank God for you watching tonight. He said, this is so true. With me being a PK as well, you have to stay focused and trust God regardless of the people stabbing you, your parents in the back. And then it's so good. Like Minister Omar said, stay focused. Sister Maya telling us, Stay prayed up. Because we like to joke and we have humor. But at the same time, being real, y'all gave us two practical tools. Stay focused and stay prayed up. Because if you ain't doing them two as a pastor's kid, you gonna get you gonna get out of character like Sister Maya said. And then after a while you feel so bad. Because I've been I done been there, got out of character, told somebody out. And then you feel like an old dirty ass rat later because that conviction come up and you like, man, I should have done that. Well, if you have any ounce of love in your heart, <laughs> it comes up and I feel so bad. I say, man, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have been that. That's good, y'all, what y'all just said. So then we want to talk about um, respect. How do you respect your parents as your parents? and respect them as your spiritual leaders. Because I feel like that's why if you only see your pastor, which you're up there preaching, and you only see that's my daddy, that's all you can receive from them. Or if you only see your first lady, or if your mom is a pastor, as your mama, that's all you can receive from them. So how do I see Bishop John Brinkley or uh, Reverend Smith or Pastor Les Howard, how do we see them as our spiritual leader and as our parents, but I still gotta respect you as my spiritual leader. Um, we we'll start with Sister Jessica and go on down the line. How do we respect them as our parent and honor and respect them as our leader? Um, like you were saying, if you want to receive the word, that word is coming from your pastor. So while he is speaking, your I turned off. I turned off dad. Yes, he is dad. Yes, that's that's mom. But at this moment, while I'm here at church, I'm listening to my pastor preach. I came to hear my pastor preach. I came to church to hear my pastor. And though, yes, it is the same person, but it's not. Like, when I've seen my dad be up here some Sundays, and I honestly sometimes completely forget because he'd be so high in the anointing. And in order for me to receive and to see that, I'm not seeing him as my dad anymore. I'm seeing him as pastor or bishop john so it's, it's a slight switch for me i turn that off when i come in here and i'm sitting down even when when i first get here i might be like hey dad you know hey dad how you doing but as soon as church gets started and pastor asks me to do something i'm gonna do it because pastor asked me to do it maya i'm just gonna pick back on what jessica said I, you have to it's like a light switch on and off and then as far as like coming to church as your pastor you have to be received in a you know, like, it's something to be like, oh, yeah, they didn't preach it. But when I go to church, I'm like, okay, I want to get fed. You know, I want to I want to learn something. So you have to be receiving of it. That's it. Like you said, receiving. I'm not wasting my time to come and just be seen as uh, Bishop John Brinkley's son. I got to be spiritually fed myself because I'm facing life when I leave out of here. So, I, yeah, that's my daddy, but I need a word. That's my pastor. That's good, Sister Maya. Minister Omar. Um. I, I did all the same uh, thing. Um, I think that um, familiarity is a robber of appreciation. Oh, say that again. And, uh, familiarity is a robber of appreciation. Hey. And, um, <laughs> That's it. And um, so what happens a lot of times is um, we get so familiar with that voice of daddy, a mama, and we get in church, and that's all we hear, you know? So. I think it's something we also have to pray about. Like, God, let me hear you uh, in, in the man of God. And sometimes I, I say personally, I have to go back um, and go back and watch tapes or watch the the, uh, the video live over again because of uh, sometimes my mom will get distracted than daddy. And, you know, either way it goes, it's great, it's great wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> either way, because I mean, it's great wisdom as daddy, it's great wisdom as, uh, as a father. Uh, but I saw, I used to see it as a, uh, a curse as a child, you know, but then it's like as I got older, I saw it as uh, such a double blessing, you know, because here I'm able to honor the man of God and honor my father all at the same time. 
you know, which a lot of people don't have that privilege. That's good. And we'll go to lastly, it's the same question. How do you honor your, uh, or respect your parents as your parents and your pastors? I just do, the Bible says give honor to where honor is due. So I do that. My parents are my, my leaders. And like everyone was saying, you can't receive from them unless you see them as that. Your pastors, I don't come to church to stay for an hour and a half and be sweating and hot to just be getting a little flyby. Word, no, I need a word. Like, Minister Michael was saying, like, when I go out here and face the world, I need a word. So I can't just see him as my father. I got to see him as my bishop so I can receive what I need to be able to deal with what I'm going to deal with when I step outside this world. Step outside the door. That's good. And then we go to our next topic. We're almost through, but how do we deal with um, secession? Because some people feel like because you're a preacher's kid or you're a pastor's kid, you're meant to be a preacher. I know you're going to preach. And then some pastor's kids only get certain positions because their parent is the pastor. And we that just happens. I ain't going to go in detail, but that just happens. And one of the things I told my father, and my father knows this personally. I said, I, I know my father wouldn't do it in the first place. But I said, I never want a position because I'm your son. If that's the case, then take, this home me, take me out of bed. I want what God wants for me, not because I'm named after you or because I have your blood. I want what God has for me. So how do we deal with people that think because we are a preacher's kid, you're supposed to be a preacher too. How do we deal with that? And especially being, it's true for girls, but it's really true for men. Because when your father is a pastor, for some reason they think you're going to take over the church next. How are you going to plan the rest of my life? <laughs> I may have other plans. <laughs> I didn't say I want to stay <laughs> So how do we deal with that? And for all the viewers watching, all of us up here, we are happy with what God has for us. We ain't trying to buy um, for a position because our parents are the pastors. We didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to be born from uh, Bishop John and Co-Pastor Veronica Brilliant. I didn't ask them to be my parents. God did that. So how do we deal with people that try to make us think because of what your parents are, you will become? Um, Brother Omar. You should ask that. Uh, <laughs> we know you did a thing, didn't you? Um, not too long ago, yeah. and you stepped up and preached you a good old word. <laughs> hey. Well, with that being said, um, I have felt the call of God in my life, my um, entire life. I ran from it my entire life. And I have done things to try to get God to change his mind, to be honest. Um, because of the things that I have seen uh, in church, some of which we've talked about, a lot of which we haven't. Um, and there's no way in the world. Uh, I don't see how anybody would want to choose to be a pastor, um, knowing it from a preacher's kid standpoint. Um, because God knows the stuff I heard, you know, about I want to do my initial sermon. But anyway, I won't get on that. But, um, I heard those those particular things, like, you know, um, well, uh, I'm about to preach, you know, his daddy will give the church to him. Like, first of all, the church ain't my daddy to give. And, uh, <laughs> and the other thing is, I, I don't want a pastor. You know, I don't want to pass. You know, and it just brings up a good point. It's like all the up and downs you see your parents go through, you know, with people calling them uh, to the hospital just to have conversations. Um, the times of the where it's like, you know, you're thinking in your mind as a kid, because I mean, I wasn't real, I wasn't nosy, but I was like, I slept like, and I heard a lot. You know? <laughs> And it made you think those things that made you, uh, at one point I remember resenting. 
you know, present the ministry, present the church uh, because of those things. So it's like, you know, God really had to really deal with me uh, over the past year and a half, you know, on even just saying yes. And, um, you know, I just know, I know my mom, and I know she's the one that be praying on kind of prayers like, Lord, don't let him rest, Lord. Don't let him rest. <laughs> 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 and every, every, every night I couldn't sleep. I thought about my mom. <laughs> but it's such a sense of, of peace that started coming over me, accepting the call to preach. Um, when I did, um, because of the simple fact that I just, I knew it was God's peace coming over me because I accepted his call uh, into ministry uh, on that level. Uh, but, you know, as far as other people, you know, you have to, that's something you have to pray about, really seek the Lord about. And if you know that God is not calling you to that, that uh, aspect of ministry, um, don't go walking into it because if God don't call you, don't listen to nobody else calling you into it. And a lot of times, too, I think in the church, we try to make the preaching or the preacher in the pulpit or the, the minister, like, that's the golden prize. Right. Like, that's what, if you get to preach, you really doing something in the church. Well, somebody got to cut off the lights. Right. Somebody didn't work to be in ministry. Someone needs to be a prayer intercessor. Right. Someone needs to clean. It's a lot of different stuff that it takes to just preaching. And so sometimes we robbing people of their true gift and their true talents. Because we're trying to put them to be a preacher, and then they get up and they can they may holler and sound good, but if that's not your calling, don't accept it. Do what God called you to do and serve in that capacity. And I love what Minister Omar was saying. Oh, go ahead, then we're gonna go to our last topic. What was you gonna say? No, Bishop uh, said something Sunday. He said, "Stop allowing people to put titles on you that you're not ready for." <laughs> a lot of people love the title of being a pastor. Because they feel like it's all, like, yeah, like, it's all royalty. Like, all because they get past their um, anniversaries and people pay them money and you get to do all this stuff. Like, that's, that ain't even a luxury. I remember plenty of times. Like, I remember plenty of times my, my bishop and my pastor have had appreciations. And I don't mean to be rude and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there have been plenty of times where my parents have came to church and it only been, like, me, my brother, my sister here on Wednesday night. Like, you be, you want the title of a pastor, but you don't have the heart for it. And a lot of people want that title so that they hungry and thirsty for it. It's not even they want to be a member just sitting in a pew. You have so many people that just want to be a pastor. I have seen so many churches since the pandemic open up. And it's like, when did you become a minister? Uh-uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because when you up in the ministry or preaching or whatever, so 
so be it. It's service, any form of, of ministry, not just preaching. Whether you're on the praise team, whether you're cleaning the church, whether you're doing media ministry, whatever form of ministry is service. So back to what Sister Maya said, if you can't serve from the pew, what makes you think you're going to be able to stand up in the pulpit and serve in an even greater capacity? That was a good point. Let's talk about, lastly, sharing. Because as a pastor's kid, we have to share our parents a lot. And like um, Minister Omar was saying, they have to go to the hospital. I don't see my parents get up 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. They got to go to the, um, the hospital because somebody didn't to go. Or somebody done called them and said, you know, I just feel like um, it's, it's uh, stuff coming in my house and demons is coming out of me. I just need y'all to come and pray. And it be all kind of stuff. I'm not going to go in depth because people are hurting and people do need prayers. And we ain't trying to make light of it or hurt people's feelings. But we have to share our parents a lot. My parents miss my, um, and I didn't take it no hard feelings of it, but my parents missed my senior night um, but then my, um, for band when I had my band senior night because they had to do ministry. So as a pastor's kid, for people watching, before you judge us, understand what we have to sacrifice. We have to share our parents a lot. And I know Minister Omar, 42 years, you've been, you ain't just, your parents just been doing it now. My God. You ain't never just had them. So how do we deal with sharing our parents? And I want Omar and Maya to answer that, and then we're gonna um, almost be done. So Minister, I want to answer that. I think it comes from this understanding, just um, their heart for ministry, mm. and um, and when you know uh, your parents' heart for ministry and their heart for you, um, then you, it helps you to understand a lot better uh, what's going on. Um, because, like you said, we do have our parents, but there's some people out there that don't even have parents at all. Um, and just like God has prepared our parents for, for ministry, uh, whether you believe it or not, he's also prepared, prepared us. Um, and so, you know, that's something we have to look into. You know, you have to have a balance. You do have to have a balance, but there's, there's times where we have to be accepting of the fact that we do have to share that. And that's just we're part of that ministry as well. Sister Mike, we know both of you all have been past kids longer than us, so I'm sure you can answer to that about sharing your parents, your father and your mother. How do you deal with that? Well, uh -oh. it's easy to take it personal, but like Ms. Omar said, you have to you have to be willing to understand their heart for ministry. I pray it's plenty of times, especially summertime, summertime is real hot for revival. It's been plenty of times where I'm working, I don't really see my daddy like that because he's going to serve. But I can't be so selfish because he, he was called to do so. So I remember one time, my ninth grade prom, my very first prom, my daddy did because he had to do revival. And it broke my heart, but I was like, you know what, God, this this is your will. Like, you called him to do this, so I can't be selfish. I can't be self, you know? So it's just all about understanding. Y'all, y'all people watching this, y'all see how we have to sacrifice. Pray for us before you judge us. Because we have to sacrifice a lot. And with our last um, somewhat topic and last thing, we're going to start to just and go down the line. What is one thing as a pastor's kid you've always wanted to say but never did? It don't even have to be nothing bad, but well, maybe something that we need to talk about tonight, but you may want to add to it. What's something that you may have always wanted to say but never did? You all right? Yes, I am over three. I just got a COVID test and it came back negative. But um, I just want to say that remember that whenever you are, whenever you're talking to us, don't. Don't talk to us crazy and don't expect for us to say something bad crazy because we still human. I feel like they come and talk to you and say anything to you because they're like, well, that's the pastor's daughter. I can say this to her. Oh, I can do this to her and to her. And don't try to let you down. But I'm here to let you know. Don't, don't, don't do this. Um, mind your manners. Get some. You can't find that. Go on the internet like some of these pastors be doing it. Get your, get your stuff. Yeah, I ain't the one, two, or three. Y'all be with it. Like Mr. Justin said, you just 
be mindful who you're talking to because I, I'm growing, but I'm not too fun to talk to anyone away. I'm a PK, yeah, I'm, I'm human. I'm going to say what I got to say. We can't be selfish and understand their hearts for ministry. That's for you two ladies at the end. We can't be selfish. We got to understand their hearts for ministry. Let that soak in your spirit on tonight. Go ahead. Um, thing I would like to say would be to um, to the pastors and preachers that are out there um, that have kids right now that are going through their teenage years. Um, and you've invested a lot in them. Um, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm saying that I, um, I'm witness and I'm proof that no matter what they're doing, that sometimes you think, God, what in the world is going on? Mm. What you taught them, that we'll hang on to, yes. and they will come back to what you taught them. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we, um, this is to the pastors and preachers, uh, sometimes we as, as kids, sometimes we get a little rebellious and um, go off and just do stuff for attention or just, like I know I was, just running away from what God had called me to do. Um, and it can go on for a while, but just know that all those prayers and, and all that suffering that has gone on uh, for the sake of ministry has not gone unnoticed. And uh, your kids are watching you. They're watching you. Um, you know, I had an incident, and I'll say this real quick. I had an incident uh, at a store Saturday uh, where um, a guy was trying to get by the car. Um, and where I stopped at, I was trying to uh, get the kids together before I went to the store. I wasn't going to stay there. But before I knew it, the guy was just uh, cussing me out through the window. And uh, I didn't know he was talking to me at first. I don't know. I don't know he was talking to me at first, and um, but one thing I remember, cause my kids were in the car. One thing I remember, I saw the situation before, and when I saw the situation before, it was my father who was in that situation, and I had to be around seven or eight years old, but I remember his response, and at that moment, I took the time to actually teach my kids that I don't have to respond because of somebody else's foolishness. Mm. And that's the kind of teaching that I'm talking about. The stuff Free that, that we, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about is like, you know, that stuff, it comes back around. Yes. It comes back around. So just encouraging all the pastors that, that are out there that it, it will come back around. And sometimes it looks a little crazy, but it, it will come back around. That's good. That's good. Like you said, your kids are watching you. Yes, and you do have to respond because you can remember how your father responded. Oh That's, good. That's good. So I, since I don't have any children, I can respond in any way. I'm going to say, I ain't my dad, but he's got the right. I'm just playing. I wouldn't say it. I'd probably pray a little bit and say to mom, you go ahead. <laughs> I was a cousin. I'm not a cousin. But I probably would have been like, oh, hey. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> you did the right thing.
And when you start appreciating them, that's when the honor comes in them. That's the reason why when Bishop or Reverend Smith or Pastor Liz Howard, when they ask you to do something, you do it diligently because you appreciate and you honor them. So appreciate what you have because they could be somewhere. I'm telling you, Bishop John Brinkley was offered a lot to go to different churches. But because his father told him, you know, I'm sending you here, he stayed. Now, I was willing to say, let's go. But he stayed here. And because of that, <laughs> and because of that we have to appreciate. Like Reverend Smith, he was at Palmer Grove 42 years. Appreciate what you have. Pastor Pastor Harry and Macedonia for nine years. Appreciate what you have. Honor them, respect them, because they could be anywhere. They didn't have to just, they didn't have to decide to stay where they're at. They could have been somewhere else. But appreciate where what, who you have and what ministry you sit underneath. Amen. And amen. Thank you all you all for your time. Um, you said we did have one question, I believe. Um, do we have? I don't think we had any in the comments. We just had laughter and comments. <laughs> but uh, we do have a question. So please save your question at this time. Do you like being pastor children? Go with me. Yes. No. Why? Y'all ask. I give them. <laughs> Sister Wyatt, do you like being a pastor's kid? It has its pros and its cons, you know, but, you know, I'm just going to say that. It has its pros and its cons. That's good. Now, we going to go to our bed over here. What did you mean? <laughs> That's why you in the middle. We got to even up now. He's in, he in the middle of the seesaw. We got to keep up the level. You made me feel better about this Do you like being a passive kid? Good question. I, I did not um, growing up, uh, but now... Uh, that I'm older, I appreciate it. Right. Um, I said we uh, live like poor, we understand it backwards. Um, yes, and now uh, looking at it backwards, it's like, I definitely, um, I appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate it. And um, the ups and the downs, yes. you know. But um, like I said, nobody could really understand none of this conversation, but other preachers' kids. Yes, um, yes, but when your life is under a microscope, your entire life, and Everybody sees you in the midst of the whole crowd. Like, why are you at this party? Yeah. Why are you at this club? Say it. What club was y'all in? I've never been to that club, but I ain't just nobody. Like, you're here too. You know, that's how you see it. But, like, you're the only one that's held to the standard. But, you know, it just gets to the point. But it gets to a point where it's like you really appreciate it. You go back and you look and it helps Don't you. Like it, but I appreciate right. It. Yeah. right. And like you said, because a lot of times you can take a pastor's kid and another kid in the church and they can go do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at that pastor's kid and say, you're wrong. It could be their own kid, but they'll point you out. And that's just, it's puzzling to me. Um, do you like being a pastor's kid, Sharina? Like somebody said, it has its pros and cons. Yes, because they're my covering. They cover me. They, I'm their child, and I know that they don't cover me extra, but they know stuff about me that a lot of people don't know, so they cover me extra, but no, because of the disrespect. Mm -hmm. I don't take too kindly the disrespect, and I don't like seeing my mama with a tear in her eye. I don't like to see my, my daddy not too much ruffle my, my bishop's feathers. But I don't like to hear little child like Mr. Omar said, you hear stuff, you see it, you don't say anything and people don't think that you're listening. But you see and you hear stuff that people say about your parents and you have to humble yourself and shut your mouth because you know your mom and daddy, you just can't be going to smack at everybody in church. Oh, okay. But. <laughs> no, you can't do that. But, this won't have nobody preaching but it's the disrespect. I don't. I, that's one thing about me. I don't take too. I don't like disrespect. Like I feel like we all are adults, and we should be able to be respect. You know, respectful to one another. But I know because I don't like people being disrespectful. That's great. And, um, well, they have all answered, and um, I'm not going to answer. We give God praise and thanks. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I'm fine. My mom tried to tell me I got this. I mean, I'm 
us. Everybody else said his hands was ups and his downs. And like Minister Omar said, if you are not a pastor's kid, you might have done clicked off the live because you're not going to understand. Even when we were talking about having the PK panel, some people was like, y'all really going to do that? Why would you do that? If you're not a pastor's kid, you ain't going to get it. Until you end the rush, it's like going through boot camp. Until you have served in the army of the Lord as a pastor's kid, you will never understand what all we face. You would never. Like my father said, he doesn't see both sides. Been a pastor and been a pastor's kid. You will never get it until you're in these shoes. But we thank you for tuning in. We are about to end our live. Sister Peyton's going to match that uh, end of the live button. We thank you for tuning in. We thank y'all so much for spending time with us. We had a lot of people watching, a lot of comments and stuff. I'm going to do another episode with um, Pastor Nicole Pryor soon. I think it's the 10th of December. Well, you'll hear more about that then. Thank y'all so much again. God bless you all. Bye-bye.